For a long time, I've been dealing with an extreme version of dissociation, which is when you dissociation, maybe this is a vocabulary means like disassociating, like instead of associating yourself with something, it's obviously the opposite. You separate yourself from something. And if we're talking about dissociation in general, it can mean it. It could, for an individual person, it can mean dissociation from your own personal sense of self or even dissociation from life itself. And I'll just describe this for a sec if people don't haven't sort of come across this idea, but I, I'll describe it a little more in a way that I think most people will start to understand. That um, if you have an extreme form of dissociation that can be called derealization. You start to feel as if the world itself isn't real. And you feel like, um, there's lots of different ways to put it, but you can feel like the world itself is simply just an image and that there's no, there's no inherent like meaning, value, pleasure, importance, or connection to be had with anything that exists in the, in the material world, and that can include your own body. It's sort of, it's if you want to call it a, this thing called depersonalization, which is where you actually feel not just associated from your own body, so your whole like feeling of um, just identification with your body. Like people have it really strong. If they look in the mirror, they literally do not recognize themselves, but it's also just can happen in subtler ways. This idea of depersonalization where you, you know how people talk about, I couldn't look myself in the mirror um, after I did that, or that phrase of, I can't look myself in the mirror because you, you did something that you that you don't like, that you judged as bad, that made you want to sort of split away from yourself. And so one way that people feel depersonalized is that there's so much of themselves that they're ashamed of and they want to push away. There's so much of you that you just don't want, that you almost just separate your whole self from, from your external self. And I know that might sound a little crazy because it is and it's actually when you have an extreme form of it it's extremely terrifying you feel like in a panic almost all the time and also you feel like you're losing your mind it's it's quite terrible so I don't recommend this to anyone but um it happens after periods of extreme amounts of stress it for me it was months and months and months of being after years and years and years of my life of being alone and in so much stress that I just had no way to get out of. And it's just a stress response. It's like instead of being in that much helplessness and pain, it's sort of like you can, you don't numb out because you, you go into full on panic, unfortunately. But you can you sort of numb out all those uncomfortable emotions, whether it's grief or sadness or, you know, like the list of all the things you people tend to not be very comfortable feeling. And um, so back to the word dissociation, uh, the reason I'm even putting this into a podcast and why I think it's interesting to talk about is because dissociation as a dis, quote unquote disorder, like I've experienced it 
is one thing and it's an extreme thing, but there's so many things about how all of us live and about how society works that is a state of dissociation. And I think it's a good way to start describing that is everyone, lots of people talk about, okay, like you don't want to live in illusion. You want to live in reality. And um, the way what illusion you start living in delusion or illusion and then like all the way down the down the dang track to psychosis of different sorts. And I don't even like the word psychosis because of the fear that it induces. But um, in terms of like the judgment of of that. But what I mean is that. Okay, so. If we all agree that living in reality is sort of the ideal thing to do, not to be living in delusion about ourselves or other people or the state of the world, that that's the, that's the way, um, then we need to understand what causes us to dissociate from reality, what causes us to go into that state of illusion. And the most elementary sort of description of it i think is that when you any tendencies to dissociate reality all come from trauma and one of the best sort of short descriptions of trauma that i that i've heard is just that trauma is distress that you can't resolve of any sort in your life and any situation that you're in that causes distress that you feel unable to resolve is extra trauma. And so, for example, for me, I was highly traumatized not by an event for of like being raped, of being beaten, of being um, divorced from, of being cheated on, of being... I mean, there's a million ways you can be traumatized, obviously, and none of these things individually mean that you're actually going to be traumatized. It's all about how you psychologically interpret something, um, whether it's traumatizing or what degree it's traumatizing. But what I'm trying to say is what makes it, what makes something traumatizing is it makes you dissociate, it makes you disconnect from yourself, whether that's a literal like sort of out of body dissociation how people talk about like if there was some terrible thing happening to them they literally sort of stopped got outside their body they almost could see themselves from the outside or their mind just goes blank as a way to cope with the fact that this is happening but dissociation can also just be a subtle process that almost every one of us actually has so much dissociation in us from every time we had to go against our own compass, whether that was something in school, something socially, something in our relationships, something in our childhood, where our feelings were saying one thing, but we were being told to do something else, that at that moment, there's this little fissure where you um, leave behind your own sense of what feels right and wrong. And in that moment, you're actually opening up a little bit more of that gap, a little bit more of that illusion. And it's all included. Like we, we all know about like, Oh, I had this, this hurt in my childhood or my past and whatever. And it's, it's informing how I'm living now, but maybe we don't like, what am I trying to say exactly here? I think 
I well, I guess I'm trying to take it back to how simple this is. Like anytime you do something that's against what really feels right for you, it's a way of not unconditionally loving yourself. And what we learn through our life, obviously, is that we have to do all sorts of things that don't feel loving to ourselves in order to get love, which is obviously the greatest delusion if we're talking about the global scale, the idea that everyone would say, there's no reason we shouldn't all be fight- that we should all be fighting with each other and we should just realize that we don't hate our fellow man and... Um, stop having conflicts like we understand that idea that that the truth of it is that all of our warring and our conflicts have to do with our buildup of pain and hurt and um projections and all that stuff when the reality is that we're all um we're all one big family if we have to say it like that and so the reason I wanted to ramble on about what's up on reference, wanted to ramble on about um, dissociation, and I want to talk about it more because I, I'm like a bona fide expert at this point, is that I feel like it's just a great way of describing what we've got going on in the world, like. I think there's, I could give endless examples, like an obvious one is about how people feel dissociated from reality in the current state of things, because we have so much of our, like, we have so much of our lives that have, there's this mad situation where we have the reality of a world where we're like, there's so much injustice, there's so many, um, urgent things to tend to in the lives of ourselves, of our friends, of our community, but somehow we're in enough of a haze where we can be like, um, no, I think I'm going to watch Game of Thrones or whatever the heck you're going to watch or distract yourself with, or let's go out for Chipotle or not. I'm not saying that watching movies or eating at restaurants is the core part of the problem, but the obvious thing is that if in the neighborhood next to you, there's, some wife getting beaten and there probably is if we're or whatever variation of this of this really horrible thing happening right next to you right next door but you're numbed out enough because of the norm norm of our society that you can go on living your daily life as if that's not happening you can never feel the urgency of it like if you watch a documentary Maybe you watch a documentary about drug trafficking or something, and for a second you feel that urgency of this is happening. We need to be alert. We need to be attentive. We need to have make active steps towards addressing this. We instead feel like um, there's just this amorphous pain inside of us, which we should know is coming coming from real things that we instead have to focus on, oh, maybe if I focus more on getting my life purpose and getting a better partner and um, getting a better body and meditating more, that I'll reach a state of peace, so I'll be fine. Or then maybe I'll be fine enough to then actually be helpful for someone. 
instead of the truth of it to me if almost almost everyone i think in the world is at a stage where if they were connected to the reality of how much stuff there is to take urgent action on right now it would blow past all that emotional hellish burden that each one of us carries in our isolation about focusing focusing just on like fixing up our internal feelings just for ourselves like all this pain and rage and hurt and confusion that we feel is a response to all these things that are happening in our world that we're just like, this does not resonate with, um, with what would make any sense to a logical mind or to a decently non cruel, horrible person in their feelings. Like you could not, feel like what happens in the world happens and that it's just um had the ways of the world and this is just humans and you can't expect humans to act any different than this um our inability to stand up for each other and i mean this on interpersonal matters and on matters that aren't personal like the idea of it's it's endless, obviously, the idea of homeless people or whatever. I don't even I even hate classifying it as like there's a class of people called homeless people. But the whole thing that I'm trying to get at is our ability to actually dissociate from ourselves is the degree to which we are actually dissociating from our very world. And there's no such thing as ignoring a problem and having it go away. There's no such thing. And one of the things that, that's funny, that's like the J. Cole song, that there's no such thing as a life that's better than yours. <laughs> anyway, that's a good, that's a decent message, but dissociation. Maybe I should have organized my thoughts. This is just so important because I've fallen into the trap, brutal, brutal, brutal trap of feeling like and I think most people have this to a certain degree, just not obsessively like me, is that you feel like what you feel you should not be feeling. And no matter how many times you hear someone or a friend or something on the internet saying like, no, there's nothing wrong You're with you, like you have a right to feel this, don't blame yourself, whatever. I think there's still a chronic feeling like, there I should not be feeling this and I'm weak for feeling this and even if you trace it all intellectually to the idea of oh I learned this pattern from my past or I learned this pattern somewhere and it's not like I have direct blame in it there's still a sense of I am weak to be feeling this I think we have a major confusion about about what our feelings mean that we think they mean things that they don't like the idea of if someone for example is in the army and they start feeling nauseous and uncomfortable and like don't want to um like participate in the in the war and things like that and there's then they start mentally breaking down or they start then what a logical person might do would be saying, well, there's something about this action of um, doing the things that the army does that seems to be really detrimental to this person. 
But instead, of course, a lot of the lens would be this person is weak, this person is not tough enough, this person doesn't have strong enough character, this person doesn't train hard enough, this person doesn't have the inner fortitude to be a part of the army like these other people. And um, I'm not being blind to the whole idea that obviously um, there's there's not nothing to that to that point but I think the main angle that we need to give a lot more attention in our whole society is if people are breaking down under structures like if kids are stressed the heck out in school if adults are addicted the heck to 10 million drugs it's just obvious and more obvious to more and more of us that it's not because we've just got a race of weaklings. Like we've, I mean, it's, it's that the systems that we tell ourselves that we should be strong to, we would have to cut off so much of what makes us human to be able to participate in them and not break down. And um, once we take a certain degree of breaking down as normal, then we can over-criticize people that break down more than that. Like if it's normal to not be in good shape, to not be very flexible, to have to have coffee to keep you awake, to have to have a little pot to make you calm, not, not trying to be down on marijuana whatsoever, obviously. But um, anything like you take it as normal, oh, to get rid of my anxiety, I, I need these pills. If all those things are like, okay, and I take care of those in a way that's normal, I drink a normal amount, whatever, to cope with my stress, then then we're fine. But then if you're someone who either goes off more of a deep end of becoming a quote-unquote alcoholic or quote-unquote unemployed or any of those things, then those people are failures because their degree of discomfort with the system was more than they could handle Um and the obvious thing to me, which anyone who knows me knows, I'm like, um, I may have a crazy mind, but I'm a purist at heart about the idea that we should be living in a way that we don't need coping mechanisms, I think is the simplest way to put it. That um, not trying to demonize anything that anyone does, period, but that we shouldn't need so many things that we think we need we shot in my like we shouldn't need coffee we shouldn't need sweets we shouldn't need um most all processed foods that are just pretty much stimulants we shouldn't need drugs we shouldn't need cigarettes we shouldn't need alcohol we shouldn't need all these addic things that we have addictions to and i would even take it as far this is obviously dramatic but i would say because this isn't like, I'm not trying to say this is a firm world philosophy. I'm going to say, I don't think we should even need computers because I think we use them as, I believe in the idea that we use them as crutches for our brains and it actually degenerates our own brains to, um, to use the computer in ways like we, we dumb down and almost mechanize our own selves and our own ways of life through using computers and that we become addicted to it and therefore weaker ourselves. And there's so many things like that. Like we shouldn't 
be fine with a system that makes it normal that to be fine in it, you should be dependent on these things. And of course, there's all sorts of people in the world now who try to um, try to try to, you know, make their own own way, do their own business, make it their lifestyle, their goal. But ultimately, once again, I'm going to come down on the dang economic system that it's, it's wildly rare. Maybe these people just obviously aren't the loud ones that you see up all over the internet. But it's wildly rare for people people to be living their life in a genuinely peaceful, healthy, non-selfish way that's not about how do I just generate enough income for myself? And I'm not saying people who are like entrepreneurs and not downing entrepreneurship whatsoever in any way. That's not even slightly bad. But it's just the idea of you have this image that it's either, oh, I become a, a slave of systems that I don't really believe in and that I have to compromise to in order to get my paycheck and any stability in life in this economy or work my ass off way too many hours to sell something that no one needs. I mean, old story, I'm not enough to tell anyone any of this, but, or you can be a trailblazer. You can do your own thing. You can sell your own thing. You can sell, sell your words and you can sell for people to get as fit as you. And you can sell for people to get as clear minded as you or as edgy as you or whatever the heck you want or you or as stylish as you. And Ultimately, it's all still the same. I mean, it's not not the same, but it's still the idea of like you're sort of selling yourself. And ultimately, I don't think that selling yourself is really what we're going for here because it's still it's still a kind of chain to that whole idea of you must make yourself appealing and marketable to others, which is really no way to live and then we treat so many of our relationships like that as well because it's so important for our social capital and how we socially look to project a certain image that we want our friends or our partners or whatever to look like something that we think is going to get us that that approval and we also make ourselves into performers to try to be that for other people. Like obviously example of if you try to be like, um, I don't, I mean, I don't even have to go into that, but just whenever you're doing things about trying to make yourself into, I'm hot. So people will like me, I'm smart so that people will think I matter at all or, any of these things that we can all identify in ourselves as um, entirely stressful and sad that we impose them on each other, even if subconsciously, because ultimately we're like running and running and running to be successful enough to survive and not be on the dang streets. And so long story, not so short, There's so much stress on people 
these days. Like if the world isn't overrun with how do you get mindful and meditative, I don't know what's going on here because you will very rarely meet someone who's truly calm, <laughs> calm of mind and calm of heart. And really in reality, like most people are freaking out. And I don't want to project myself onto absolutely everyone else because I know I freak out more, more than others. But a lot of the freaking out also comes from if you're extra aware of how much pain goes on in the world and how dysfunctional it is, if you don't have the correct balanced way to deal with that information, then instead of becoming active and addressing those things, which is the healthy response you dissociate, which is what I've experienced a lot, which is basically you hide. And that's no different than the idea of, it's it's a long, complicated thing that I'll probably talk about in other videos, but you hide, you isolate yourself. And there's so many ways to do that, but I'm just talking about the basic idea of you sort of assume that it's better off if you withdraw from things because it's too painful to try to engage in them and it's and it's dangerous honestly it's dangerous psychologically dangerous and um it's a super powerless place to be and a super shameful place to be and we can say over and over again that um, we don't believe that people should be shameful and guilty and we believe that people should get better. But of course, how many of us actually give ourselves know how to believe that we don't deserve shame and guilt and then because when we treat ourselves like that we undeniably treat other people like that and so a lot of what i'll probably be talking about in this podcast is <laughs> is the is stripping down the basics of life to we would live, in my opinion, we would live on par we would live in paradise if we truly lived in alignment with our feelings. Like there's this guy named Max Egan who I'll probably put there'll be clips that involve his voice here. And um he says something like all we need to change the world is for people to start acting by their moral compass. And by and not permit things that are not not okay like we all understand this in a really basic way the idea of like if you see this kid getting bullied next to you at school then the right thing is to intervene in that bullying but for some reason i think we're completely um screwed at understanding the degree to which we fail at this in our in our normal lives both for ourselves for um, if something is not right in the way that we're behaving towards ourselves or anyone else and not right in terms of what we can feel is not right, that we take heed to that and that we change it. We don't try to um, drug it away or distract it away, that we address it. 
or if we see someone else treating anyone else badly, that we actually intervene. Like that sense of empowerment to actually intervene is what I'm like begging on for myself and for the world. This idea of we are not dang spectators. Like we only are spectators to the extent that we literally just like one of the functions of dissociation, which is actually pretty fascinating and it has lots of links to sort of spiritual and conscious awareness because I've had a lot of really high level, high level, like very distinct conscious awareness experiences where I've seen reality from many, many different points of view that aren't the standard, um, aren't the standard everyday 3D material reality where in a way you can find there's almost a lot of extra stress sometimes when you think too much about and it's not even it's not that it's not about thinking too much it's about this world really the the whole of existence really is multi-dimensional like everyone says and it really is sort of infinite and undying and eternal and everything magical and sort of unbelievably infinite that we've ever learned but our problem is not that we start realizing any of those things it's that we're actually the degree to which we're dissociated from our 3D, our, our life, anything that it's, I hate even using the term 3D. I literally just mean like our dang life, like all we have is this life. There's any belief that we have about anything other than like, I'm just a person named Maya who lives and I'm six feet tall and I'm white and I'm sorry to use unnecessary classifications like like race, which is very unnecessary for um, for the basic truth of who I am. But anyway, I'm, you get what I mean. I'm I'm those things. I'm a human. I'm. I can say I've had meditative experiences and all, where I realized that I was just a being having a human experience and all that kind of things. But that is only useful and beautiful to the extent that I'm not dissociated from the truth that this is my body, this is my body, this, these are my feelings, and my only way through my life is through my body and my feelings. And I think that people should, that there really, really is no, there's only harm done by any degree of separation that we have from from what is optimally following our feelings and what's optimally doing right by our bodies. We have so much breakdown and sickness and psychosis. Once again, I'm only using that word because I can be affiliated with it so clearly that I'm not insulting anyone with it. I think it is entirely natural and fair to say that the baseline mentality of humanity is a psychosis and I'm not sure what the particular definition of psychosis might even be but it, I think you get the gist that it's it's a it's a disconnect from reality it's a delusion it's a dysfunctional 
state of mind. And we have so many cultural norms and so many myths and stories and it ways that we give each other advice that are about the struggle and the harshness of life. And like, obviously life is going to be a lot harsher if we're in psychosis. It's going to be a lot harsher if we're really sick. It's going to be a lot harsher if we're really stressed. Like these things are so simple. And I think ground zero for starting to peel back um, the layers of madness is, is not external things about what is the right method to do and how to improve yourself, whatever. It's, it's ground zero of your own feelings and learning to know that your feelings are the ultimate compass of everything. Like the idea of something feeling right or wrong, like you can feel the difference between if someone says they love you and you feel love versus if someone says they love you and you don't feel it. And I don't mean that in a particularly, like if that's your partner, I just mean in any sense that it really screws, screws with us. If people are like, telling you that you should do something because they because it's good for you but that's not their actual benefit I mean intention not because they're a bad person but because they're probably not even aware that what they're feeling towards you at that moment is not genuinely I think this is going to help them their motivation for saying that is something different and we are so used to this sense of not having love. Like Krishnamurti, one of my favorite talking people of the past, says something like, he talks about all sorts of things in life, but one of the things is he says, the, the brutal thing, I'm not sure if these are the exact words, but he says the brutal thing to realize is that we have no love. We talk about love like crazy, and I'm not saying we don't have people in our lives that feel love for us. But the truth is the vast majority of the time we, we don't. And I know I'm being general and it's highly different for different people, but just ask your own self, how often do I feel there's different, there's a difference between that real feeling of love and just the idea that these are all the people that I love. Like how often do you feel that sort of true open love with people? And that's like one of, Krishna Marie says a zillion things about love, but we all know, as he says, that love is the only solution to our problems. But I think we have to face up to the fact that there's a very big difference between knowing in your mind, I do love my mom, I do love my dad, I do love my sister, I do love that guy that I'm in love with, I do love that friend, I do love these people. In terms of knowing that you have had that kind of actual feeling of love, but do you really feel love towards them? Like when you're calling your friend, do you really feel love for them or no? Like we need to realize that most of the time we don't, or it's different for different people. So I don't want to speak for everyone else. And if you're highly dissociated, you're not going to feel it very often at least associated in the way that I'm talking about. But I would almost go as far to say that like all the spiritual saying things are true, our, our essence is love. We are love. If we are not dissociated at all from ourselves and from life, then we will feel love all the time. And 
So this whole dissociation thing and this whole like bring unity, bring love, whatever, is not actually complicated past the idea of how hard is it to quote unquote find our real selves, which to me just means reassociate with our feelings over what we've learned to associate in the external in order to fit into artificial systems that make us sick that are basically like we have endless mythologies and things about the idea of oh we should live in live in paradise like the adam and eve garden and all and because i think there's something extremely logical in all of our brains it's like yeah if no one was telling me what to do i think i would like to live in a really beautiful place with really abundant food and wonderful nature and live in the joy of it all. I think we're all like, yeah, that sounds like the logical thing to do. I'd rather do that than like, than beat up on my wife and take drugs. And, and I know I'm being grim, but this is the land I've been living in. So, and this is the land we all live in. Like we can all say very, very logically that there's a certain craziness going on if you choose those other things <laughs> over, um, the idea of why don't we like hang out and sing and swim in the lake and not pollute the lake and all that other stuff. And everyone's like, how much are we really asking the question in a sincere way? Like, why are we doing this? We can have most of the population be like, um, on a larger scale, maybe we shouldn't go to war. Like maybe that's not like a great, Thing. It's, isn't it sort of cool that Costa Rica disbanded their army? But we still buy in to the story of like the importance of geopolitical power and all these external things that we've built up in all of our military industrial complexes and all of our crazy corrupt financial systems and all our crazy corrupts, like just advertising schemes of every which sort, is they're all reflections of our psyche, if I have to just say it that, that simply, that until we unravel those ways of manipulation and succumbing to manipulation and succumbing to violence and whatever inside of ourselves, like everyone says, all those um, external things are going to continue to be upheld because we're not going to see through them we're just not going to see through them we're going to see that as as logical we're going to see that ruthless way of behaving as appropriate and necessary for safety when in fact so many of the ways that we act aggressively make us less safe because they make other people feel threatened and and attacked and it's just um it's objectively insane obviously how we behave and so the question is as my friend was texting me tonight why do we not have the cap the capacity to, to flip the switch when we want to why can't we just turn around that addiction when we feel like we want to? 
And I think it pretty much comes down to that question. Why can't we get over trauma? Like it's, it's very harsh Like think about someone who just saw their house or their family or whatever, a bomb go off right in front of them and blow, blow up their life. If you're going to look at them with, with their, with their stunned eyes and whatever, like, um, reflexes that they've developed after that and say, well, why don't you just choose to not be afraid like that anymore? I mean, you obviously are going to be like, Jesus Christ, like, that's a giant shock to the system. And we're all working with different degrees of that. And sometimes it's just too heartbreaking to even start to um, feel like we could be big enough to embrace. But the whole reason I'd even be talking about this is because I totally believe that everyone, you can be extremely traumatized and you can still come back to a space of not being afraid of life and there's so many ways that that is actually so possible when we stop living in such an isolated way like when we stop living in such a an an individualized isolated social life where our emotional needs are so unmet that our susceptibility to all of our more harmful um, impulses is really, really high. And we need to say to ourselves, okay, if the main reason that I repeat patterns that are harmful to me are actually an inability to be connected to my own emotions, like that's a, at least how I'm going to phrase it here. If, if the responsibility for our negative spiraling versus our positive spiraling is mostly our out-of-touchness with our own feelings um, and therefore dissociation from ourselves, then... How are we going to flip our minds so that that threat that we perceived that comes from that very first time that we felt like we had to override that feeling in order to be safe in our environment or someone was telling us and reacting to us in a way that made us feel as if we needed to do that, then we literally need to figure out how to and even if I haven't figured this out for myself enough to be able to explain this well here, um, we need to figure out how to say to ourselves, I recognize that right now I'm in this space of non of conditional love for myself where I am rejecting the feeling that I'm feeling and I'm feeling like I have to overrun it with something else. And God, this is really such a deep thing because lots of people talk about this whole thing about that so many of the manifestations of most of the diseases that we have today are just the, they're the physical manifestation of the buildup of 
an imbalance over a lot of time. Of course, disease is extremely complicated in terms of environmental factors and genetic factors and every which sort of factor. So I'm not trying to be super like reductionist about it. I'm just trying to say the idea that even in those cases of genetics or environment, that most illness comes from an ignoring of a more subtle sensation because we don't know how to interpret it and respond to it because we're not used to um, knowing how to deal with emotions. Like Teal Swan, who have used plenty of her clips, will say that we are living in the emotional dark ages right now of people not knowing what the heck is happening with their emotions and other people's and how to respond to them in the best way. That if you, for I'll just use myself as an example, if I have a strong feeling of, it's funny because I've said this to a few people, but it, it might seem contrary because lots of times I sound very deliberate, like I have extremely clear boundaries for myself. But I have a real, real weak spot for um, not feeling like I can express myself, express my emotions in a way that I feel like will get any response. Like my compensation as I talk very automatically and deliberately and highly intellectually to people and also I have a tendency to be that you always have to look nice and pleasant and pleasing not not like just look but I mean verbally appear so that you seem like this peaceful reasonable kind accommodating just pleasant person and to the point where that's all you know yourself as so even if inside you are screaming like in complete rage or agony or upsetness, you don't even know how to connect that sense into your actual verbal expression. For me, like that doesn't mean that you can't, maybe you still have outbursts, you still have um, times where you sort of freak out and show that you're really mad. But ultimately you don't know how to in the moment connect that thing makes me feel this way and I'm able to in in the quality of my voice communicate um, that emotion of any sort like it's almost like I have to have and I think most people are like this once again to a certain degree where you have to have some sort of breakthrough that allows for that emotional sort of flow of honesty be that where you actually have like a genuine something that makes you cry with honesty or a genuine something that really makes your spirit laugh versus you're just laughing because you're in pain even, or you're laughing for the social effect of it, or you're laughing sort of as a, it's like an ironic laugh. No, we're meant to really cry. We're meant to really laugh. We're meant to really be angry. We're meant to be really everything, all of our emotions. And when you have a personality like me, you build up so much pain for every single time that you didn't communicate what you actually felt and instead responded in a pleasant way so much that it's like, it's unbelievable. It's 
it's why a lot of people get to be in so much pain that they just can't stand being alive because you're it's trapped inside you you are in an emotional prison you are just existing with all of those unexpressed feelings just banging inside of you and i think society tells you well oh you can exercise it off oh you can meditate it off because they're all just coming from your thoughts all your emotions are just coming from from your thoughts so if you just correct all your thoughts first then you can reverse engineer out of all your pain and i'm just like jesus we the only way to fix it is to become a non-dissociated person to be able to have a in touchness untouchness with your true self which of course in certain ways can come from meditation and can come from exercise and can come from all these methods but obviously if that was something that really was the direct tool to hand most people we would not have psychosis on the planet because we could just be like i know this meditation thing's going to work our problem is that we have so much deception within ourselves that we're all interacting with each other so inauthentically that it, like if you get to a highly dissociated state it's like you no longer know what's true for you whatsoever you can only know what's true for you based on your your connection to your feelings and we will turn our lives into like a big self-conscious the subconscious game of why the heck am i doing this i don't want to be doing this I'd, or why the heck are we doing this war or why the heck did we elect this president or why why the heck did did we not take care of our bodies when we wanted to if we don't understand that it's really about um feeling ourselves and um not settling for for a disconnection that makes because the degree to which you settle for self-disconnection is the degree to which your life will be less alive and more burdened and more tending towards all those sorts of calamitous experiences of life and suffering experiences of life and that's not me saying that you can do something that takes you away from the potential of actual events that are happening in your life that are bad or painful but just like I was describing with trauma it's not what it's not what happens to you at all it's how your psychological experience of it is so there's nothing to fear from from having people you know die and there's nothing to fear from breaking up with people and there's nothing to fear from grief and there's nothing to fear from all those things unless um you don't experience them in a connected way to your emotions which is what's happening to most of us so they turn into like hell holes psychological hell holes and we become afraid of life like we are not supposed to be afraid of life like that is the essence of what i'm begging for here is that we aren't a so often we don't act on our feelings not only because we're not really in touch with our feelings we're not even 
confident with moving with them. Like we know blatantly the difference between I have that intuition, it's really solid and I know it and I feel this sort of calm ability to go towards it versus I feel almost this risk-taking desire to like leap towards this thing and I don't actually have a conscious feeling that that's healthy for me. Like we, I got lost a bit about where I was going there, but we should know that we are meant to know if we can live in reality, we're meant to be able to feel what's the right thing and the wrong thing for us. And we're meant to have this high sense of where moral intervention needs to happen. That's not this highly intellectualized thing or this highly paranoid thing of like, Oh, we got to stop these people. We got to stop these people. It's just the, it's that inner morality compass where you're like, that's not, that's not good to be happening. And you can only understand that for real on the scale of the world to the extent where you can feel that in your own self. And we talk all of the time about like, you got to have boundaries, you got to stand up for yourself, you got to whatever, all this stuff, to me is equivalent to having that sense in yourself, just the same as whether you can tell to make this little choice or this little choice in your life, because this one feels like the, the one that's going to feel good. That's all that I feel like standing up for yourself and boundaries are that you can intellectualize what either of those things are to the ends of the moon, but you have to be able to have an in-touchness with yourself that has like a knows the difference between what feels like a a true like interaction with reality and what doesn't. And to know, like, is that a deal that I should be making with that person or is it not? Or, and right now when we can't do that, we turn it into that there's something bad about other people. Like, I just wish we could really just start tearing down this whole concept of, like, I'll, I'll just flat out say I don't think that any that there are and I know I'm going to take this to the extreme but I don't think there are any evil people in the world I don't think there are um and once again extreme but if, think about if you're in your if you're truly like in your most centered zen place I don't even think there are any dangerous people in the world and don't don't let me take that stupidly, obviously. It's not like we're in a world where we are at our internal martial arts depths to the point where other people really aren't a threat. But the more we, when you get into a highly dissociated from yourself state, which a lot of people are in, or we'll just call it a fearful state, you start seeing people as threats when they are not. Like everyone you could say is a certain degree of threat. Everyone has some threat threshold, may be really tiny or a little bigger because of a habit of triggering you in a certain way or bigger because they want your job and they'll do something to steal it away from it or bigger. 
um, because they don't actually care about your livelihood at all. And they want to, um, they don't care if your house gets foreclosed, if they make money or bigger, if they want to bomb you and they don't care if you die because it's their power game. Sure, there's a lot of people who are not looking out for each other's interests at all, but that's not because those people that are doing it are evil It's be- or even bad people. It's because they're desensitized and disconnected from themselves enough that they think that doing those things um, is going to help them. Like, I rem- remember reading a part in a book that said that narcissism is actually a state of shame-based loneliness. And if you haven't thought about this kind of thing too much, that might sound off base, that, okay, narcissism, this thing we think of as grandiosity and manipulation, that it's actually shame-based loneliness. But another thing that it said in that book is that narcissism that um and someone who's a narcissist once again and I would never even want to call someone like label just like I wouldn't want to label anyone with a lot of these things you people are not just narcissists like narcissists that is an adaptation just like so many dysfunctional behaviors that we do it's a protect self-protective mechanisms that people who are narcissists Um, are perceiving a huge lack of self-sustaining resources or most importantly of love like in in life so you become entirely self-focused because there's no way to feel like organically without manipulation and without a false sense of self that you can get what you need then you think you have to manipulate, think you're better than other people, and in order to have that happen, have have it happen that you might possibly get the connection or those other human needs that you need. And so I think it's a really harmful thing to, even on the bigger scale of Donald Trump or whatever, or anyone that you could that we could once again label a psychopath because the whole definition of that is that you're making actions that don't have any concern for the well-being of others. That people, I don't believe people are born, born like that, that you, the luckiest person on earth is the person that has the most, um, the most mental balance and the most peace and the least grandiosity and the most actual feeling of love for other people and the most caring. And so instead of looking at prominently at the immorality and the danger of people who don't do that, it's to me, those people are the most miserable people on earth. And that might be uh, seem like a off thing to say because you could be like, oh, that, or in my own case, you could be like, oh, that, that 25-year-old or 20-year-old whatever kid who's musing about the, the state of the world and troubled about all of it, that they're a lot more miserable than that rich guy who's um, sitting on his yacht with his 25-year-old girlfriends and enjoying his shrimp and whatever. But 
that just shows, I think, how ridiculously confused we are about what is happiness, that people do all these things because they ultimately want love and connection. And if they don't have that, they try to compensate for it in other ways because we're only human and we need that. And I... I might, I'll probably mention it here, and it's once again in some of my clips probably, but there's this series called The Ringing Cedars of Russia series, which is a very, how would you put it? It's a, it's a 10 book long book series that paints a very, very pure kind of picture of human life, what human life should be. I'll probably talk about that later. But in the way that 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 story is being told is the main character talks about who's this woman named Anastasia. She talks about how the world is governed by by priests. Like there's a certain amount of and once again think of this as a you don't have to like put a picture of like a Catholic priest or whatever. It's like the idea of that there's these people, just these few people who are sort of planning the manipulation of everyone else. But the whole reason I'm bringing, and I'm not doing justice to this at all, so please forgive me, don't tie to that. But the real reason I brought that up is the idea that there's, they talk about in the story, okay, so who are these People and I, I'm trying to draw the, the association. Whether we think of them as the people who are, um, who are make up the richest families in the world, who make a lot of money, or people who are involved in these secret societies that, um, unquote, secret societies, whatever people who capitalize off of these big systems that enslave people in a way, um, that, so in the story, they're asking, all right, these priests who spend all their time in this sort of meditation about how to control others, why are they doing it? And the quote, the answer is that they're doing it because, because they think that through doing that, through exercising the proof of their ability to manipulate, they will be able to finally speak to God and I, let me see if I can make this clear. But the thing that I love about what I'm what I'm trying to explain here is okay. So if these men who we could be, or you know, I'm using men as men are the men are the rulers of the all the bad stuff. But um, the if the men that are premeditating all of this sort of like stage of enslavement and the degradation of humans they're doing it because they're trying to prove that if they can have control over people in that sort of godly way then maybe they'll be able to touch the divine the divine they'll be able to touch that connection to god and speak to god when the truth is like that them like the the beautiful innocence of this character, she knows the truth of none of none of the 
actual connection to God. And when I say connection to God, we're flat out really talking about the connection of good to good and love and that amazing creative magnificence that we are um, engaged with in our, in our life, that that ability doesn't come at all through, you're never going to be able to manipulate other people and, and things like that to get yourself to be able to talk to God. It's a complete delusion because the whole point is that the creative powers are in us all. And the whole thing that I'm trying to explain is that the only reason that people would would be a narcissist, be a quote-unquote priest, be a controller, or be even me, who's highly manipulative in many ways in life, um, is because you're you're trying to reach for that connection, that connection to the goodness of life that's actually unachievable through those means. So when you look at people that behave like that, it's it's more like they're the most highly confused, <laughs> the most intensely highly confused people on earth and it's not through a fault of I don't know I don't I'm not gonna try to go on and on about this the whole point is just that what I was trying to get out about the narcissism the shame-based loneliness is It's hard to start talking about because people are so unconscious of so many things that are playing out inside of them that people can be shame, full of shame and full of loneliness and be totally oblivious to it and in total denial. But the only way out of our predicaments, personal and bigger, is to be able to realize that denying things will never make them go away. If I have shame, pretending I don't, my only option is to learn how to not feel shame. And I think we have way too many spiritual practices and ideas about how can I just accept my shame and love my shame or love whatever this is that we have. And I'm not saying hate yourself because, <laughs> or feel more ashamed because you have shame or whatever, but just the idea that you are never going to get to that higher version of yourself until you um, reclaim your shame and take it as a real thing that it is possible to get rid of. Like, for me, if I hate myself hugely because of what I was describing about, of course I don't really hate myself, but if I behave in all sorts of ways that are not me following my true feelings because I feel like I don't even know how to do that, or I feel like I don't deserve to do that, then the only way to feel better is to 
start learning how to follow my feelings and to start cutting back on that shame and to start doing all those things that I thought that, I mean, doing all those things in the sense of making those changes to my relationships with my feelings that I've always felt I had no power over and therefore was a victim to. You can't feel like a victim on this earth if you feel like your feelings are actually workable. And I don't mean, once again, your your feelings like, oh, don't figure out how to get yourself non-sad. Or, or I'm talking about those dysfunctional, like lots of people talk about cover emotions. I'm talking about that, which can be like your anger, your hatred. Um, what's the other one? What's another main one? But I would just say shame and guilt and these things that have their place in a certain way, but the way that most of us experience all those things is completely unnecessary and completely dysfunctional. And um, it just any degree of just trying to accept whatever degree that we have of them is going to keep us in just as much pain as we've ever been. And... I do sort of wish this wasn't so long because I want to say something that's actually meaningful and makes sense, but I'm just trying to throw out a rally call for for that the only solution to our problems is reorientation to our feelings and not cognitive manipulation to the extent that we normally try to apply that to our problems. Like, cause we all know that maybe we don't all know, but lots of us talk about, it. it's all about what thoughts you think it's all that because that's what resonates in your body and in your cells. And, but I feel like it's most deeply about the feelings that you feel and your intelligence with, in responding in harmony with those feelings and having that full oneness of experience with those feelings. And because our life and our bodies are amazing because we know exactly how to use the vocab word metabolize, but I don't even want to use something mechanical like that about what feelings are because they're the most ethereal but earthly amazing things that are what our whole experience of life is about and that they're not things that we need to be, be controlled by our minds, but we do need to be sort of sensitive to which feelings are the natural healthy feelings and which feelings are like the, dis, the dysfunctional sort of psychoses associated feelings like I think a lot of us can say blatantly like oh being a part of a hate group that's like there's something off psychologically happening to people who are in that state or if someone's super paranoid that there's something not um that it's not the healthy thing obviously to be like yes everyone everything is scary and that is just what it is but what I'm saying is 
instead of um, what obviously what I'm really talking about is what is it really to have peace within yourself? What is it really to have peace within yourself? And in a way, I feel like I have a right to be talking about this because I know how it is to have such non-peace within yourself that that it's unbearable. And I know it's unbearable to a certain degree to most humans, and I'm saying, like, we are crazy because we're so close in so many ways. We know... We know the reality of, like, the love that could be in the world. But we... But for now, all it is is a fantasy. Because... To the degree of which we don't actually feel safe and empowered in our own skins. Because of our dissociation from our own feelings. We aren't able to make that a reality in the world. Like, I have had some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful feelings that have made me have these amazing visions about what the reality of life can be. Like, beautiful creative visions, just like anyone who ever thought of a really good idea or a really beautiful thought or image or desire that there's no way to get to those things. There's no way to get to those things without crossing that ability to feel those things, that threshold in your in your experience of your body. Like if the amount of energy and liveliness and love that you're going to have to feel to actually participate in that future isn't something that you know how to experience in your body, you can never get there. You can never meditate, hope, focus on this picture of this beautiful vision and get there if your embodiment is actually so out of tune and dissociated and frustrated. And that's what really breaks my heart because I feel like we live in a world where we, our progression of growing up is we might have a few phases in life where we see beautiful potential but then we assume that life is actually much more about withstanding the harshness of the reality of what life is and maybe just sort of halfway deluding ourselves that oh we're working for the idea of this beautiful perfect not just perfect but you know like flourishing better future but really inside of us we're like hell this is like pretty doomed and we would not, it's all so chemical. Like, I know this because, like, when people talk about depression being a chemical imbalance, like, people, like, to me, it's like, obviously, when you, when you become depressed because you're, because you're feeling incredibly stopped up and futile in your position in life, the way your brain works and fires creates a chemical imbalance. Like, Yes, 
And in the opposite is also true. When you feel, <laughs> when you feel um, positive about the future and you feel really empowered and you feel those things, your brain gets a chemical shift in the other direction where it feels really alive and happy. So if the obvious thing is that in our optimal condition, both brain chemically and physically chemically and whatever, then we are actually capable of enacting these better things, then it really is just uh, important to realize that there is nothing, there is no limit, like with all these spiritual, spiritual stuff or hopeful stuff, there is no limit to who you can be and what you can do and what you can make, except for the degree to which you cannot house it in your own body. And like for me, if I... I've degree, I've, I know what it's like to create an extreme polarity where on one hand, I, I have all these clear visions about how things should and I want them to be in life for them to be healthy. But at the same time, I'm so dissociated from myself and I'm in such pain that the reality is I am killing myself. I want a life where there's more life, but I am killing myself. And there's no way to wish that you um, have a better life, yet kill yourself at the same time. At the same time it's, um, I think, to all my mathematical geniuses out there, you could say that uh, that is never going to add up. And it's so simple that it's just sad that I feel like we convince ourselves that everything beautiful that we've wanted is somehow illusionary. That's not the illusion. The illusion is not the beautiful thing you imagined, whatever that was, ever. That was never, never the illusion. The illusion is that you can ignore yourself and ignore your feelings and still get to that thing you want. Like, we create painful, painful stuff. And we're like, this is a disaster that this is happening. And we're like blindsided by how painful this is. But it's like we're just dumb at that point because we don't know how to stop hurting ourselves. And I don't want to say dumb because it's absolutely brutal when you feel like you don't know how to punish, stop punishing yourself in whatever way. It's brutal to not be able to make that that positive choice it's it's horrible but it's i guess i'm just saying it's necessary it's it's just as necessary as if that that person in the house next to you needs your help and you either intervene or you don't intervene. We have to intervene. We have to intervene in all these things that don't work in our lives and in the greater life. We have to reconnect with that sense of these things are important. I, I'm not just having this abstract idea of let's fight against this other abstract idea and create an organization and say that we work towards it. I'm talking about the basic human instinct of I'm not going to let that happen because it's because it's wrong and I'm going to intervene just like I would intervene if I saw that little girl getting hurt and I would need to intervene because that's the only humane thing to do.
And that's the power that we need to redevelop with ourselves, along with, of course, like what everyone says of we need to stop living such individualized lives where we are in such a struggle for our own survival that we're unable to put true care for other people ahead of our own stress, just for our own economic or any kind of survival. Um, I think I'll wrap this up here, but I am trying to illustrate in this first section, like what chaos my mind has experienced, but also all the intelligence and beauty and like, it's almost like there's intuition still spinning around in the chaos, but it's still chaos and it's still illusion and it's still un ununderstandable because of how dissociated I've been from my own emotions. So I'll stop talking about dissociation now, but I'll be back. Now it's time for me to go 